Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello, and welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dusty. And we're just sitting across from each other doing things and making people smile. (laughs) (laughs) So, Dusty, how was your 4th of July? It was good. You were there. Yeah, I know. Probably better than the National Park Service, right? mm, Probably better than their 4th of July, I would imagine. Yeah. It was lovely. We, we did some barbecuing, smoked some ribs. We did some beach times, although you weren't there for beach no, times. I did not, no, I did not. I did not join you for did not beach, attend beach times. times. We just finished up a trip hiking in Hawaii. Right. And it's only been a week. <laughs> it's only been a week. And then we literally got off the plane. And it was and America's we were, birthday. We recorded last week's trail mix. Mm-hmm. It was 4th of July, right. the following yeah. day. So exactly. we saw each other again just, for you know, that. Grabbing life by... You know, whatever. The fireworks. <laughs> right. The fireworks. The beauty, the majesty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is your um, favorite song associated with 4th of July? Oh. Minus Katy Perry's firework. Oh. What about yours? Um, wow. That's a put me on the spot. I don't really associate many songs with 4th of July. Okay. Can well, you uh, make an association, Make an girl. association. I just heard we didn't start the fire on the car ride up. Oh, so I feel like perfect. that somehow fits in. Perfect. I mean, it's just a random string of historical events going together. Ta-da. It's a weird music video, too, if you've never seen it. Oh, it is weird. Yeah, it's kind yes. of strange. But Not yeah. as weird as Tina Turner's Private Dancer, though. I that love that music video. music video is bizarre. Totally. But I love that song. I also love the weirdness of the music video uh, You Spin Me Round. Like there's a flag waving and right. he's on a turntable and his hair is long and he's yeah. wearing an eye patch and then yeah. he's not. And then yeah. I also associate Freedom 90 with the 4th of July and Philadelphia Freedom. Look oh. at all these songs that just came to mind now. they're now. coming to mm-hmm. you. Yes. All the gays singing about, you know, being free. Yes. And drug use, I think. Oh, right. Exactly. (laughs) I'm looking for adventure, want to follow on the trail. 
Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky Don't wake the sun, there's so much to be done And the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes and open your heart When you gaze at the National Park at the National Park. Follow you, I'll follow you there. So, welcome to our second day in Maine. Right, in our second day in Acadia National Park. That's right. Last you left us, we had arrived at our wonderful Airbnb. Oh, Dusty it was, was wonderful. clacking away at his computer keyboard as I definitely was getting some Zs. In Just bed. like the yeah. clackers and Devil Wears yeah. Prada. Clack, 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 clack. <laughs> right. right. Um, I was clacking away, mm-hmm. getting some reports done, mm-hmm. and I got them done. That's right. <laughs> and I emailed them away. That's right. So, you, Mr. Vacation Worker over here. Oh, don't I you know trying it. not to be that person anymore. I Can I mention something for the record? Can I just say one thing? Can I just say one thing? <laughs> Go for it. Before we left Are you for, even going to say it? <laughs> <laughs> before we left for Hawaii, I had a ton of stuff to do. I had reports to do. I also had editing to do. I had a ton of stuff to do. And I pulled an all-nighter to get it all done. Right. <laughs> so, I walked in at 5.30 and you're like, I've been asleep for 20 minutes. I lit... And I'm not mm-hmm. kidding. I had been asleep for 20 minutes. But then you didn't have to think about anything. Oh, my right? God. It was great. Just the beauty and the wonder of that. All of the above. All of the above. So, yeah, it was super great. Yeah. So. so, second day in Acadia, we had a deadline that we needed to meet on that second day. Or I guess I should say we had an appointment that we had early in the morning. And that appointment was an appointment with Bar Island. Oh, that's right. Right. So, one of the first things that we did... Well, we met Bar Island on um, Tinder. We did. And... Um, we set we a both time, swiped right. <laughs> both swiped right and said like, okay, the morning is the only time that works. Right. So. Yeah. So those are those things and that's how they go. So, morning date. <laughs> morning date. Nobody does that. No. Uh, so yeah, Bar Island is a, is a spot in Acadia National Park. Yeah. It is north of Bar Harbor itself, the city proper. Right. It is an island that has a basically land straight that appears with the low tide. That is something we knew we wanted to do. And there were only certain times that it is accessible. Basically every 12 hours with the tide, um, are you able to access Bar Island? So our second day was really kind of contingent on, you know, making that appointment and making sure that we were there on time. Because if you didn't, you would be stuck yeah, on the island. On the island. Or you couldn't get out there if you weren't there yeah. on time. And then it's apparently dangerous to try and swim it back. Well, remember there were all those signs that were like, well, you can call for a boat if there's service, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. Oh, I just yeah. like vividly remember those signs being they were like, basically like, like just stay. make sure you get back. So we got up in Bangor, packed up for the day, and headed out, definitely stopping at McDonald's first. Got breakfast, continued our 
our way into into bar harbor basically yeah and bar island is really like literally at the end of a street so you kind of come into town i think we came in on uh, route three and we drove in and we parked along west street you basically make a left off of west onto bridge and that is where you can take the land bridge across or, you know, the, the low tide sands across to Bar Island. And it's only about a mile there and to the end of the trail on Bar Island. So it's about a half a mile from the shoreline to the island and then about another half a mile like inland on the island up to like the peak. Because basically. there is that trail inside right yeah there is a trail on the island this is where we started to see more of the karens that were those very specific acadia karens where they had they were i think i previously misstated that there was wood involved but there were mostly just like a stone table basically is the way that they did their karens in acadia like looking back through photos oh right um it was like a platform essentially to mark the trail so we saw a lot of those and just i remember remarking on how just strange those were there were a lot of wildflowers on the island i mean we were there in early june but the weather was pretty cool that day and gray. I mean, which is not atypical, I think, for Maine. Maine summers can be, you know, on the cooler side um, until you're headed into the dog days of like probably late July, August. There were beautiful flowers along that trail mm-hmm. on Bar Island. I love seeing flowers in the wild, like, you know, the way that birders love seeing certain birds. Mm-hmm. I do love flowers. And this was, there were so many, I took so many photos of flowers. Um, of all different colors. So yeah. if that's like something you're into, yeah, this is a great spot time. to yeah. see that. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you get back before. <laughs> Make sure you get back before the island gets sunken under. Like and then you are staying. Brigadoon. On just gone exactly. for a hundred more years. <laughs> right. <laughs> I do remember too, when we crossed the island, because it is, you're in the harbor there. Bar Harbor, actually, a lot of cruise ships will come through, um, and that is a stop Like if you're headed up to Canada. So I do remember some, seeing some really large ships. There's a lot to kind of look at along the water's edge there and across that land bridge. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of different, like, um, shells and different kind of, like, sea life that's uncovered once that you know the waters recede there and you're able to cross and it's a pretty wide area that you're crossing um i feel like when we we kind of skirted the line i think we were about a half hour before it was like you have to cross it this time or like you're stuck and we like made sure that we were you know doing what we could and we talked to a few people like as they were coming down off of the trail off the island, and we're like, how long did it take you to get up there? Just so we knew that we had enough time to do like the entire hike, because I know this Libra was paranoid about getting back on time. Oh yeah, of yeah. course you were asking everybody. Yeah. But we did hike all the way up to yeah. the peak. Yeah. And we didn't stay there for very long. No, and it's gradual incline all oh, the way yeah. up. It's not anything that's super strenuous by any means. No, not I think at all. the most like difficult part is right when you get onto the island. That seemed like where you gain the most incline. Yeah, and then after that, it, it wasn't was a little bad. steep there. But as we were leaving, we this was where our podcast infancy was it, born. Yeah, it wasn't this, podcast though at the time. It was our Instagram. It's we, true. Uh, Bar Island. Bar Island. Tiny it's island. special for us. It is special. It's our anniversary spot. <laughs> it was the birth of this, uh, of this endeavor. Yeah. Because it began as an Instagram account. Right. I think we should explain where the name comes from because it came out of the conversation that we had like on that bridge between Bar Island and Bar Harbor. Right. Well, I think also too... 
the account was kind of born out of the the fact that like on our last trip that spring when we were in were we in California? California. Yes. We had been posting a lot of things to our separate accounts and we were doing stories on like my account or your account. And like we were like our friends were like, oh my God, this is like great. Like and then I think we were talking about like, well, why don't we why do don't we something that was collective? Like do we could make share the account. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was kind of where that came out of. Because I think at this point, I think Acadia was maybe our 10th park, something like that, 10th or 11th um, together. So we were kind of like really interested in, you know, having that joint account to kind of share the experiences. But yeah, so we started talking about the... I asked what yeah. would the title of the account be? Right. And you suggested... Gaze at the national parks. With the intention of it being spelled G-A-Y-S. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, that works. Oh, but wait, can we spell it G-A-Z-E? Right. Because then there's like... Double the, entendre. The double entendre. Right. Which, um, which what, I, what I love about that <laughs> is that uh, Gaze at the national parks, G-A-Z-E, is a... Uh, is works totally by itself. If you don't hear the double entendre immediately, that's still totally fine. Right. But it's so satisfying, I think, when you do. Right. So we wordsmiths. And I mean, pun there are people. There are people like who have told me they're like, "Oh my god, I've been listening like emails. I've been listening for a long time. I just now hear the th- the double entendre mm. in the title." Yeah. So. Yeah. That is the little, you know, special yeah, something. That's right. There was a conversation. We were like, we had a conversation like, well, should we spell a G-A-Y-C-E? I was mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. That's like spelling create with a K. Mm, no, yeah. thank you. No, no, Mm-mm. no. Yeah. Bar Island was a lovely thing to do. It's something you should definitely, if you can make it with the tide and it fits into your schedule, something that you should definitely try to attempt. Um, Cause it's easy and it's right there in bar Harbor. So even if it matches up with some point that you're there, just try to get out to bar Island. Um, but after that we jumped in the car. Um, so we had seen a lot of like, the Eastern side of the park, but we hadn't gone further South. So we made our way a little bit further South um, and there were a bunch of different things that we wanted to do um, that were kind of near where we were at the end of our first day. So near Great Head, there is a hike. It's a small little mountain called Beehive. Um, and we knew that we wanted to do that. But there were also, um, you know, the coast is really, really rocky right in that section near Sand Beach, like after you go beyond it a little bit. So we wanted to definitely see the coast a little bit. So we did a lot of like negotiating on where we were going to start. And we drove down to Monument Cove and parked there. And from there, we started on more of our major hiking for the day. And with that, let's take a quick break. This game is called Acadia Business. This game we created because uh, there are so many names for things in Acadia that just make us giggle right? for reasons you'll hear. We're going to give each other a landmark in Acadia, and we have to come up with, if that landmark were the title of a business, what would the business be? Mm, great. All right. So, Mike, I give you... 
Paradise Hill. Paradise Hill sounds like a retirement home for former celebrities um, as a place to spend their golden years. What do you think it would be? I also think a retirement home, Mm -hmm. but specifically for um, former Vegas show girls. Oh, okay. Great. So at Paradise Hill, find your bliss. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Great. I, I love it. I hope to one day, you know, end up in end Paradise, up in Paradise Hill. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm going to give you Old Soaker because that's definitely one of my old favorites. Soaker. <laughs> old Soaker. Old Soaker to me sounds like um, like a brass cleaner. Okay. You know? Right. Like, I was going with the cleanser too when uh, we got there. Old Soaker is something that you could like in the black and white section of the infomercial, which is literally, that is my favorite favorite thing <laughs> to watch period right. like next to like raccoons videos on the internet <laughs> like watching just videos of those people like dramatically not being able to do something with like a red axe then going over the image, right yeah. until like the product or survive like mm-hmm. the product arrives for them right. to uh to help them right like, people who can't like you know like pouring a soda is just so hard or like right. opening a cabinet mm-hmm. and everything falls down yeah. I I see someone like like straining their back trying to like clean a copper pot mm. but then like old soaker is literally like a like a pill that you old like, soaker is magic right, literally like <laughs> it's f- foaming bubbles <laughs> you fill the sink with right. water and you just drop it in and then you just put the copper pot in and it comes out perfectly clean mm-hmm. There's like a little like cartoon like Bing and like a Bing. little like diamond right. shine mark. And yep. then they show it you like like this old crusty penny that's mm-hmm. like literally just, you know, coming mm-hmm. to life in like a bottle or like mm. in like a glass. Yeah, of, no, I understand. Of old it's soaker. Like Alka-Seltzer going off. Yeah, I feel like old soaker. I was thinking cleanser immediately too. Um I also feel like it could be like, you know, a youth rejuvenating solution. It's like old soaker, like soak the old away. And like you would just like rub it on your face and then shower and then all of your crow's feet would be gone. Old soaker. Interesting. See, I don't, I don't know how well that would sell Mm. being like a cleanser to like, like with the name old in Mm, it. You're right. I don't think anybody would want any like young soaker (laughs) I think would be better. So we drove the park loop and we parked at Monument Cove. Mm-hmm. And from there, we um, took the Gorham Mountain Trail north. Right. And to um, reiterate, uh, Acadia is a network of trails. Yes. It is not just like a there and back situation no. really anywhere. Uh, it is a network of trails and you design you know, your own hike, how you want to do it and which part of which trail you want to include. So these are the trails we included today. So we, we were trying to do mostly like trails that would give us a loop eventually to get us back to where we had parked, which was easy to do. Right. And if you plan it well, it's easy to do. I don't think it was until day three, we started considering incline gain or decline gain or whatever, because we were just like, oh, well, this kind of loop would make the most sense or, you know, that would allow us to see this or it would allow, it would put us over here. So we'd be able to see this kind of overlap. But we were just going for, honestly, what we were inspired by. Yeah. 
um, and really what like struck our fancy because we had like a an aim in mind to like come back and see some specific things on the way back to the car after. So this worked out well. When we started on the Gorham, the Gorham Mountain Path North, we ended up very quickly encountering a plaque that was in the rock face, which is something that is kind of atypical. I haven't seen too many like metal like cast plaques like on like a part of the park that's like a trail. Sometimes at like a visitor center, that's like something that you might see. This was the Pathfinder plaque. And um, I did a little research just like after the fact. That plaque was dedicated to Waldron Bates, who basically began exploring what is Acadia National Park now, but in the 1880s. The trails along Gorham Mountain were mapped and built largely due to him. So that plaque is there in honor of him. That was a really fun trail. Yeah, it was a fun trail. Gorham Mountain Trail. It felt... A little different than everything else because there were like really large rocks. Right. That I remember you were going in and around. Yeah, there was like a lot of like weaving around those rocks. And they um, had even put some planks down in certain places so that you could get around. Right. That was like also because it was really cool. We had started, I remember the both of us had started with pants and like a long sleeve something on, but we I think had been prepared. So like under our pants, we had shorts. This was the point where we were like, I think it had started to get like muggy. And so we both like as we started hiking, like stripping, stripping. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We went Thunder to Thunderhole and right. stripped. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It felt a little, I mean, I'm going to say rainforesty here. I think it was because it was really green and it was really covered. And it also had a lot of rock. Rainforest is inaccurate. No. I think it was also like I'm remembering the heat that was yeah. inside of it. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a, just sort of a lush why it's canopy. Reminding me of that. A lot of like conifers so and, and things like that, too. I do remember like once we got to the top of Gorham Mountain, there was a pretty good view. I believe it's of either Great Head or Otter Cliff because um, it's like a part that like a peninsula that's jutting out into the sea. There was a couple up there that I have like photos of them in like as I was trying to get like that peninsula off into the distance. So there is like a really decent view up there. And I just remembered like there was also like once we started to get up there and it started to become a little bit more bald, there were areas where you had not only rock, but it was kind of sandy too. And that was what you started to see as we kind of made the descent down, because after we descended down, we headed towards the beehive. And that is really one of the more famous landmarks in Acadia National Park. With And it is like this giant round boulder that's enormous that you climb over. Right. We ended up coming down Gorham Mountain, and then we walked or hiked our way to the Bowl, which is a lake that's a little north of the Beehive. We sat there for a little bit, too, I remember, and, like, snacked. There were a bunch of, like, families and thing and other people that were at that lake at that time, because it's not, the Bowl is not that large comparatively to, like, some of the other lakes and ponds that we were near when we were on Acadia. It's pretty small in size, so... We like hiked didn't up. we sit on some rocks we did. and just like perch ourselves yeah. right there? Yeah. And the water was really calm. Yes. Yeah. It was really calm. I remember calm. that. So we like snacked there for a little bit because at that point it was probably about midday. And then we picked ourselves up and headed to the beehive. I did not know at this time that we were headed to 
the this famous beehive. Right. Like I had not researched it. I did not know sort of what the terrain would look like for right. the beehive. Little did I know, half of the beehive trail is climbing straight up, essentially. Well, for us... It well, was for us, down. it would be straight down. Right. Because we did a thing you, where we came in the you wrong way. You <laughs> are going vertical. Yeah. Like actual vertical yeah. for a portion of the trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I do remember this is that this was the first trip with hiking poles. So I had a pole and you had a pole. Right. I borrowed your pole. Right. <laughs> we made our way to the top of the beehive and we took a bunch of photos up there Mm -hmm. and then we were starting to head down and we noticed how like incredibly steep it was and I was going first and after about five minutes of crawling down like the front face of the beehive I was like excuse me like what is this like terrifying treacherous right trail right now I did not know that this is what was happening and I looked at the map and it was like you're gonna descend like a thousand feet in a matter of like an eighth of a mile. And I was like, Oh, now I get it. Yeah. Well, Um, we also were dealing with a lot of like metal ladders that were embedded into the rock face. There were also metal like kind of gangways. So they had these graded metal gangways that would like bridge the gap. So that way you didn't have to hop from a boulder that was maybe five or 10 feet from another boulder. It was like, Oh, here's a grate for you to walk over, which if you are not fond of grates, I have a friend that's particularly not fond of street grates or the like the doors that are in sidewalks in like New York City for fear of falling into them. This would have like put her into sheer panic attack. Oh, I'm sure. So it is something like the beehive is really cool and it's really fun. I wish we had oh, actually gone yeah. up it. I wish we would have too. We definitely were like living in like the treachery of headed down. I think we ran into a few people not realizing that, you know, this isn't the typical way that you go. Oh, yeah. And they were like, oh, you're going down. And they were like, okay, good luck with that. Like, these were people that had hiked it before. And we ended up collapsing the hiking poles and putting them in the bag because there was no way to hold on to it and also climb down safely. Yeah. So you had to just surrender to the beehive. (laughs) I really do want to go back and climb up the beehive trail. Oh yeah. Instead of climb down. Yeah. Um, I just want to go back in general because and yeah, my fear of heights was, was triggered during the descent on the yeah, beehive trail. I, would, I think I would have feared less being, cause I would have been facing up and right. facing forward and not looking behind. Right, me. right, right. But it was just constantly seeing like the earth and that you could just like topple over at any point yeah. and fall right down. Right. And this is like where we were also seeing the major monuments from above. So we were able to see Old Soaker from here. You were able to see Great Head and Sand Beach. There were other things that you could see from the distance. So this is like one of the higher points at this point in the park that's closest to like the shoreline. So that was like great for just visibility of where you were. Um, I do remember that. When we came down, we ended up like walking back and we took the Satterley Trail which kind of like crosses over back to Great Head from the Beehive. 
And then because we were trying to get in some like mileage for the day, we like walked down down that and then we crossed Sand Beach again. The day before we had actually gone onto Sand Beach, but we hadn't walked across the whole thing. This is like also it was a little livelier at this point. There were a lot of people on the beach and um, there, there was, was volleyball, volleyball happening. happening. There were dogs everywhere. It was like Beach Party USA. It's very clear that that depending on time of day is like a super happening spot to go within the park. The sun had broken through because it was pretty cloudy at that point. So we did get a little bit of sun at that point in the day. But after that, we really just kind of made our way back along the ocean path, which takes you all the way down past Thunder Hole down to like Otter Cliff um, and to Otter Point if you kind of keep walking around it. But this is where you get to see that kind of quintessential like rocky shore of Maine. Um, So like you're walking along this path, which is like a path that's it's decently well kept. It's easy to navigate and it's easy to kind of like go throughout, but you can kind of jut off onto the rocks and you get some really incredible views. You still need to be careful if you're jumping off the trail or if you're getting off the trail and going onto those rocks that are to your left if you're walking down towards Otter Point or to your right if you're walking up towards Sand Beach. There's still something there that you really need to be aware of as you're getting off the path. So just something for, you know, point of reference for anybody that might be planning on doing that. But I do remember just like seeing those rocky shores, those really, really vivid orange rocks against the blue sky was really, really cool to see. And I would imagine that Otter Cliff and Otter Point are called that because there are otters about, but I I never saw any. What about me? (laughs) And with that, let's take another break. It's time for Drag Queen Corner. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage... Bubbles, Bubbles divide. divide. Bubbles divide. Bubbles divide. You know, this is another landmark. No shortage of names, Acadia. Bubbles divide is, you know, our queen for the day here. She is. I feel like she has giant beehive hair. Oh, okay, so she's just landmarking. She's just like she's she's um, she's, a, she's a reference. Painting with the colors of Acadia's winds. Exactly. Yeah. So or I think she's you. got beehive hair. Okay her beehive hair is like purple. Okay. I feel like she's got kind of a mismatch look about her. Um, It's kind of like punk, but also like fun, like really, really bright colors. I just think Cindy Lauper when I think of Bubbles Divide and that's like going to definitely play into the song she's going to sing like later. Oh, interesting. Because like that is exactly who comes to mind. Oh, I sort of see like a, like an intersection between Cindy Lauper and Divine. Okay. The the drag queen Divine. And she's a comedy queen Mm -hmm. with a name like Bubbles. Oh, yeah. I think you have to be. Yeah. What is her like shtick that she does like in her performances? Oh, what is her shtick? I feel like she, um, I feel like real actual soap bubbles is two on the nose. Right. I don't know that she does it's that. It's not like a thousand, it's not like the thousand bubbles show or what was that show in New York? Gazillion bubbles. Gazillion show. bubbles show. Right. She's the ringleader of the gazillion bubbles show. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. She's got like a musical comedy act where like she writes original songs, but they're like parrot they're parodies of people in the audience kind of. Um, and she does it on oh, the fly. Oh, and she does. Ooh, Bubbles is swift. Bubbles is swift. I like that. That's right. My next question, but I actually I have an answer to it, is 
like what is her like product that she like you know some drag queens have makeup and oh, some yeah. drag queens have you know like music and an album i think she has a bubble bath a bubble bath well i think she's also or an a official, bath bomb. A, official sponsor of connor's nubble too i yes. mean she you know she's a spokesperson spokesperson for connor's nubble for connor's nubble exactly. for sure so. And I do feel like her song is girls just want to have fun. Like, I, like I feel like that is just like it screams bubbles divide. It's any song that one might get all wet and like wash a car to. <laughs> That's I'm sorry. Any song She's also she an official sing. spokesperson for old soak, old soaker, old soaker. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So, so ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, welcome to the stage. Bubbles, bubbles divide. divide. And speaking of Bubbles Divide, that's actually a landmark that we hit in the next section of this day that we were hiking. After we finished up in sort of the southeastern region of the park, we got back in the car and we headed toward Jordan Pond. We drove the Park Loop Road um, because at that point it was the thing that made the most sense to get onto and it was taking us in that direction. Remember the Park Loop Road only goes in one direction in Acadia but there are other roadways that bisect so the uh, Route 3 um, does go through the park itself so that's a way if you needed to you could potentially get onto that off of the park loop and go in a different direction. But that's not everywhere. So we headed to Jordan Pond House, actually, and we parked there. Which is right on the lake. There were a few things that we were going to hit over here. So like Dusty was saying, there's like a lot to do within the park. You had said that you hadn't really researched the beehive. I feel like for this trip, when we went to the ranger station that first day, we had asked, you know, what is it that we should really quintessentially hit? Cadillac Mountain was one thing that they had that definitely, definitely recommended. That was day one. Jordan Pond and was another thing Jordan they Pond mentioned. and the Triad is something that they mentioned. So that is what we did. It's not that long of a hike from Jordan Pond to the Triad. You do have to kind of meander a little bit. So we parked at Jordan Pond House and we we skirted the bottom of Jordan Pond to kind of get us out to the triad. There are at the base of Jordan Pond there, the southern end of it, there were some planks that we definitely had to navigate to. So that is something that became a little bit more common as we were closer to water, depending on where we were. Park system had set up like kind of like plank bridges um, that would, if it was a marshy area um, or if it was over a small amount of water, that was their answer to navigating that and still staying on the trail. So that was something that we definitely had to work to navigate as we were going. From Jordan Pond, we stepped onto the Bubble Brook Trail. Brook Trail. Mm-hmm. It's a great name too. And we headed toward the Triad. Right. So that took us about like a mile. It was a little over a mile to get to the Triad. The Triad was only 698 feet. And um, what is the Triad? It's one of the peaks in the park and you get a pretty spectacular overlook uh, from a bunch of different directions and it was recommended to us by the park ranger when we talked to them on our first day so we continued from there essentially we were starting at the south end of jordan pond we were gonna hike out to the right and make a big loop and uh come up to the top of jordan pond and then just walk along the shore along the shore of jordan pond 
So after the triad, we got onto the Pometic South Ridge Trail, and we headed up to the top of Pometic Mountain. Right. This was a particularly hard hike. Um, We gained about 600 feet in elevation, a little less than that. Um, And that was a pretty quick elevation gain. Yeah, we were cursing at that moment. (laughs) It was also the sun that we had a little earlier when we were on Sand Beach had completely vanished, and it was like very ominous like gray sky i remember on the triad it was super windy and then you kind of like descended off of the triad and then you were coming up pometic mountain and i just remember the wind being so incredibly intense that is like the one thing that sticks out for me like oh on at the that, top of any peak on the top of any peak. but there specifically it was like whipping at us i remember like there's a photo of you like sitting behind a rock and like I remember us being Mm -hmm. up there and like once we had summited and this is like an even better view because you are so high up at this point and you're able to see so much of the park from here it's you know one of the tallest peaks within the park Cadillac Mountains like 1500 feet Pometic and Door Mountain are around the same you know they're about 1200 little 1250 ish so you're able to see a lot like you could see jordan pond in the distance you could see eagle lake there are a lot of things landmarks in the area you could say but the wind was so intense that we just like ended up finding as much shelter as we could to kind of like just huddle behind things and the weather was i mean uh, main weather there were times where it was like warm and bright and sunny and then suddenly it would get gray and rainy mm-hmm. and it was getting increasingly gray this day right and so i think like the wind was pulling in some some you know weather that might right. get a little nasty hail to the guardians of the watchtower exactly. of the exactly we didn't last too long up at the top of pometic mountain We did start our descent, which was... Why don't you tell us about that descent a little bit? Okay, let's talk about the descent (laughs) from Pometic Mountain. We ended up in the woods a little bit again, pretty quickly. We're descending off of this. So they say mountains, but I I think I, I just want to be clear. Getting to the peaks of these mountains in Acadia was like you're walking through forest and then suddenly you are at the peak of something. It felt different than like walking in Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Technically speaking, these were all mountain peaks, but it sort of just uh, felt like you were at the top of, you know, uh, tall boulders that just Mm -hmm. happened to be considered mountains. We're coming down Pometic Mountain. We get into tree coverage again, and the trees I remember were really tall at this point. And we start making our way down, and there's a sign And the sign is pointing to one of two ways. You can either go down this one sort of very steep rock face, or you can go down these ravines. And inside of the ravines were these old wooden ladders. Mm -hmm. And the two of us decided we were like, "Um, well, well, I mean, the rock face feels a little bit... Like, that's what we should do. And that is what we did choose to do at the beginning of this. And so we're like, okay, we're making our way down the... Oh, wait. Literally, like, it's so steep. Like, we could not even, like... There was nothing to grip. It was like, there were some trees 
coming out of the rock that you could like kind of step in front of. Other than that, it was like a slide. Yeah. It was a lot of sit and scoot that we had to do. We did and a like very lot careful of sit, sit and scoot. scoot. Extremely careful. Yeah. And we were like, the thing was, is you had to descend a lot really quickly. Right. And once you committed to... Yeah, a route. Like, once you committed to a route, you had to do it the whole yeah. way down. Because like, if had we gone down the ladders, the ladders were like between giant boulders inside of a ravine. We were going down next to the boulders and there was only one entrance to get to the ladders. And, you know, we couldn't just like fall into the ravine to go into the ladders. (laughs) I mean, we could have fallen into the ravine. Things we We didn't do. But we wouldn't be here to tell the story had we done that. So in hindsight, yeah, I probably would have taken the ladders down. Well, I also think this was like a case of, oh, this is the way up this is what we were supposed to do. Like where same thing when we did the beehive, like clearly this is like the route that most people would take up because it made a lot more sense. And I also think, think to that token, I think actually the way we went down was the correct way. And that coming up was what you should have done through the ravine with the ladders. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think that was probably like how it was set up, but perhaps but I, it do, I do remember options. it being like super treacherous and like just the, you know, there was a lot to consider with every step of the way down. Um, before we had kind of made this descent, there was a lot of talk about walking all the way up to Eagle Lake and then going to Connor's Neville and then coming down and going over the North Bubble and then going over the South Bubble and then walking along Jordan Lake. But and we got to the, the bottom. Time we got to the bottom. <laughs> We looked at each other. We were like, we ain't doing anything. <laughs> that ain't happening now. No. Our bodies were toyered yeah. at that point. Yeah. And we were like, we're, what is the simplest thing? Yeah. What is it? It's Bubbles Divide. Right. So, so. We, we went through Bubbles Divide, which basically the bubbles are two smaller peaks. It, there is literally like a ravine that runs through them. And that's what you're walking that's between. what you're walking between. Um, and that's where we got our queen's name for this episode. That takes you quickly back to Jordan Pond. It's really not that long of a trek back there. When you get back to Jordan Pond, you really are, if you ever have walked along like a lake shore before, that is just like very woody with a wide avenue sort of path. That's exactly what Jordan Pond was. This path back was a very easy sort of like oh, kind of stroll through the woods flat. along the lake. I just remember there being like a lot of families like hiking it too. So it's like a super accessible trail. Um, there was like such a big family in front of us. Do you remember? It was like five or six kids yeah. like with the parents too. And some of the kids were definitely like at the end of their rope. Clearly they had been out for the day. Yeah. So. They were both like six one. Yeah. And they had just come down ravines. Yeah. Yeah. Those kids. So <laughs> the pond is, was a, a really nice way to sort of end the travel for that day. And it was a really like easy path to meander back to the car. So we kind of end up retracing our steps as we get d- back down to the Southern ends, because that was what brings us back to the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, but it's only like a blip. Yeah. It's really not that It was long. fine. I do find, or I've, I do find that, you know, the map we had and, you know, to a bigger extent, the trails in Acadia, it seems like a lot of distance. It's not like, I feel like everything is broken up very easily. And I feel like the distance between things is a lot shorter than one would think when one looks at maybe a map from another national park where scale really isn't considered. Right. Yeah. I, I did find this to be 
the scale to be pretty oh, yeah. accurate yeah. here. I will say this. What I loved most about hiking in Acadia National Park is there were obviously so many different so much different terrain to see and so many different kinds of things to see. But you can adjust your route literally at any moment. Yeah. Just like we did. Like yeah. you we were like, we're gonna be crazy and do this entire we're always thing. Gonna be crazy. And then we get to this one point and we're like, oh no, that part exhausted us. And yeah. we need to listen to our bodies yeah. in a moment like that and not go totally fully crazy and say, like, okay, well, we're gonna do this and we're gonna come back to over here. And now this is the plan. Yeah. And Acadia, because they have so many trails, makes that so easy to do. Yeah. It's time for the Karen stone scale. Great. The stones have come together. (laughs) Karen is holding them and she will bestow upon each trail how Mm -hmm. many it is in difficulty. The, um, the Karen stone scale is a rose too. (laughs) Right. Right. That's our way of, um, saying how strenuous or not a hike is. The more Karen stones, the more strenuous. Cause we found like across the board at national parks, people throw around the word strenuous. Right. They use it as a way because it's obviously like, you know, easy, moderate, strenuous, sort of like the, the spectrum by which like trails exist, like on maps or in parks or that's Mm -hmm. how they're classified. But we found that the word strenuous uh, was not the same across the board as I'm sure, you know, a large diet Coke at one place is different than at another. Mm. Sorry for that (laughs) diet Coke reference, but yeah, the bar Island trail. Um, I'm going to say just a two. I feel like they're, you know, it's a mile, but you do have some elevation to gain. It's not particularly tough, but you, you know, for someone that maybe isn't used to hiking, just expect that you are going to have to do some trudging, a little bit of upward trudging. Yeah. And also there's the danger of being trapped on the island. So a two. (laughs) I'm going to give it a four, actually, because I remember the beginning was tough. I mean, for like a minute, but like, and then right as you're getting close to the peak, it was also a lot of incline yeah but there was a section where i remember we turned a corner and saw more uphill and i was like this was our first hike of the day folks (laughs) our first hike of the day so it gets a six out of 20 carrying stones the beehive i think this is like a solid eight i was gonna say seven yeah if yosemite falls is a 10 yeah always and forever (laughs) girl yeah i think the beehive is an eight yeah um I, I think if I'm curious what we would say if we hiked at the different like the if correct I had gone way. up if yeah. we'd gone up the front instead of down the front. Yeah. It might be a six that way, but I don't yeah. know. I haven't done it. Yeah. So going down was like an eight. Yeah. Because it felt really treacherous. Okay. I did feel like I was gonna just like fall off the side of a cliff Great. like a couple of times. Yeah. Even though there was like those metal bars there, right. it still did feel that way. Yeah. Um, what about um, Pometic Mountain? I would give that a seven. Yeah. Only because of incline. And treachery on the way down. And treachery on the way down. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't as treacherous as the beehive on no. the way down, but I would give it there a seven. There was stuff to be pausing and considering there. I'd say seven too. Yeah. So good old 14. So, yeah. And how many was the beehive total? A, uh, 15. 15. Yeah. So you got 15 Karen stones for the beehive yeah. and 14 Karen stones for, for Pometic Mountain. Pometic Mountain. And 
Jordan Pond, she doesn't she doesn't get on the trail. She was just lovely. I mean, she doesn't yeah get yeah. on this yeah. this scale. No rose for her. No Jordan rose Pond. for her. She's a walk. Yeah, she's a lovely walk. She is. So it is time for Jeopardy, Mike. Why don't you give us your Jeopardy first? Great. Um, my Jeopardy is inspired by location here in Acadia National Park. Okay. So my Jeopardy is titled A Drink on Bar Island. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, Bar Island. Bar Island. So that is going to come into play in two ways in okay. this Jeopardy. I'm ready. And let's see how you do. I think you're going to like this. A Drink on Bar Island for 100 Start by pouring four of the six major types of liquor, minus brandy and whiskey, over ice, and adding some triple sec and sour mix for a good measure. While taking the ferry there from Manhattan may be less painful, nothing will be as fun as this kooky concoction. Is it a Bar Island iced tea? Um, okay, so it's not a Bar Island iced tea. It's a... Long yeah, Island. It's a Long Island iced tea. Iced tea. Yes, Long Island iced tea. Oh, I thought I was incorporating no, no, Bar Island no. into it. So the entendre here is that we were on Bar Islands, the idea of it being a bar. But I will tell you this, all of the drinks that you are going to have answers for are names of islands. Oh. So okay. I wanted to so see what you Long did Island with the first iced tea. Long okay. Island iced tea. Great. Okay. A drink on Bar Island for 200 If it were a Bar Island iced tea, I would only have like a, you know, like a set amount of time to drink it before it disappears. <laughs> <laughs> not feeling like riding the liquor train tonight? Why not order a beer? And if you happen to be in Chicago, why not go local? With brews like Bourbon County Stout, 312 Wheat, and Honkers Ale, how can you be wrong with this brand named after an island nestled in the North Branch Chicago River, named after our fine feathered migratory friends? So you're look, giving me a beer yeah. brand. Oh, is it Goose Island? That's correct. Mm. I drink on Bar Island for 300 this concoction, a mix of whiskey, vermouth, and bitters, maybe with a maraschino cherry on top, is one that makes you think of smoky bars and bygone eras. If this island city hadn't changed its name, it may be known as a turtle island, which has a much nicer ring to it. Is it a Manhattan? That's correct. Great. A drink on Bar Island what for is 400 this exotic drink has quite the ingredient list, including gin, contreau, cherry liqueur, benedictine, pineapple juice, lime juice, and bitters. Named for this Malaysian city-state island, which is also the setting for much of crazy rich Asi Asians, this drink will have you feeling the year-round summer breeze blowing in. What is a Mai Tai? No. No, what is that? What is a Singapore slang? Singapore oh. is a city-state island. No, nope. I haven't Malaysia. had that drink before. Okay, they're very okay. good. Thank you. All right, and a drink on Bar Island for five hundred. A drink designed to feature the distinctive color of curacao liqueur. This drink also features vodka, rum, pineapple, and citrus juice, along with sweet and sour mix. A trip to this island chain, an extension of Polynesia, and the land of the red, white, and blue may be a great excuse to have one of these. What is the a Maui something? No, what is a blue Hawaiian? Oh, a blue Hawaiian. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't drink cocktails all that much, so I guess that's why I don't know the names yeah, of all of them. But you got three, and they were I good. Did. Those other two, like Singapore, that was a good 
category. Thanks. I, like I was really excited about it. It is so funny because before we started, before we sat down to record, you were like, I think today might be the day where we wrote the same <laughs> Jeopardy. And I'm curious why you thought that. Oh, I don't know. Just because I was thinking about like, you know, Bar Island is like a major landmark and something that we did. And mm-hmm. I thought that maybe this would come into play. Okay. Well, let's let's see yours here, Mr. Right. Ballard. We did not write the same Jeopardy. Right. Um, the title of my Jeopardy is called um, Acadia Wordplay. Oh, wonderful. In this category, you have to give us the new morph name for Acadia National Park. Okay. If there was some sort of new distinguishing factor that like changed something about its name. Okay, so I'm changing the name of Acadia National Park yes, in this category. Okay. But I will say every answer rhymes with Acadia. Oh, great. Okay, here we great. go. The new name for Maine's only national park, if it were only for people with hair long enough to twist into these kinds of designs. <laughs> a Bradia National Correct. Park. Correct. <laughs> the new name for Maine's only national park, if it were known for its areas of tree covering or as a haven for sassy homosexuals. A Gladia National Park? No, we were looking for a Shadia National Park. Oh, okay. It's tree covering. Got it, got it, got it. Um, 300. The new name for Maine's only national park, if it were only a park for women. A Ladia National Park? Yes. 400. The new name for Maine's only national park, if it was known for housing a veterinary clinic that would fix your female cat or dog. A Spadia National Park? Correct. (laughs) And finally... It's Bob Barker's park. Exactly. 500. The new name for Maine's only national park, if it were really scary. A Fradia National Park. Yes. Yeah. You got all of them correct. I love that. Super fun. And that is Acadia Wordplay. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks and email us at Gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. All original artwork featured on Instagram is by Michael Ryan. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman with Mariella Klinger. We would also like to acknowledge that while hiking in Acadia National Parks, that we were on the traditional lands of the Wabanaki Confederacy. Bonus round Acadia business. Connor's Nubble. Oh, Connor's Nubble. Connor's Nubble feels like it is um, some adult parents, adult parents, some parents that went on Shark Tank and they're like, you know, our son just like couldn't get used to pacifiers. So like we created this like really ingenious pacifier that like just like stays in their mouths at all time. And we call it Connor's Nubble. Interesting. Yeah. I was also thinking a kid business because mm-hmm. Connor would be the kid, but I yeah. think it would be some type of of trail mix that's like gluten free or something. Connor's like Nubble Connor's is Snubble. like something you can, you know, 
like grab on the go grab on the go and enjoy yeah um you know that since i'm going with all the nasty names i'm gonna go with thunder hole thunder (laughs) hole thunder hole also sounds like it could be a james bond film Yeah, yeah 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 uh thunder hole immediately i just think of like thunder from down under which is the male strip show mm. but i'm like thunder hole feels like it might be like the mains answer to thunder from down mm. under so they're all just like lumberjacky and oh. like um where is this established <laughs> <laughs> let's go <laughs> what about you um i feel like it is a line of um bunkers like the thunder hole bunker like you know preparing for the nuclear apocalypse why not trust in thunderhole you know it's going to get you through oh like a like you buy a bunker oh yeah like you buy a bunker like oh, a thunderhole like oh like underneath the yeah like underneath, underneath the, ground. the ground yeah interesting yeah. now i get it yeah you gave huh. me a look of like i had 10 heads can we combine those <laughs> like you <laughs> an get underground to, bunker strip club well, I'm an, in. <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> 